I'm J.R. Woodward, and welcome to Our Social Landscape, where I'm joined by Carl Denson, current Rolling Stones saxophonist, band leader of Carl Denson's Tiny Universe, amazing composer, saxophonist and flautist, and all-around badass dude. Carl Denson was born and raised in California and has been playing music since grade school and has been in bands about that long. Over the course of his career, he's played with a diverse array of artists, from Fred Wesley, Anders Osborne, and Ivan Neville, to the Almond Brothers, Steve Winwood, Great Boy All-Stars, and Government Mule. He played on Lenny Kravitz's first two albums, playing the iconic sax solo on Let Love Rule. The two remained friends, and it was Kravitz who recommended him to Mick Jagger in 2014 after the death of legendary Stones horn player Bobby Keys. Since then, Denson has balanced touring with the Stones with his own solo projects as well as an assortment of collaborations. We spoke one day after an 18-year-old male killed 21 people at a grade school in Uvalde, Texas, and one week after another 18-year-old male killed 10 African Americans in Buffalo, New York. As a Christian and former member of the Republican Party, I wanted to hear how his views about our social world and the role of art within have developed over time, and where he sees things in the U.S. heading as we navigate these tumultuous times. So, uh, um, you know, I'm from Southern California, Orange County. Um, I started playing saxophone in seventh grade and uh, I uh, got into jazz pretty early and, um, you know, went to I went to college, didn't graduate, but learned a lot and uh, started playing professionally uh, um, at about 25 and, uh, you know, not very professionally, you know, minorly mm-hmm. professionally, um, kind of got my legs under me at, at about 30, 33, 34 years old. And, uh, and, uh, that was when I, I got the gig with Lenny Kravitz. I did that for a few, about four years. And then I went off on my own and made some jazz records and then started a band called the help start a band called the gray boy all-stars. And then, um, uh, about after about five years of that, I started my own band, The Tiny Universe, which was, uh, you know, I had I've been a band leader, you know, since I started playing really, because I always like to write. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing The Tiny Universe since '98, and uh, 2014, I um, I scored the Rolling Stones gig, mm-hmm. and so I've been here doing this off and on since then. Okay. All right. Yeah, and uh, the little side project with the uh, the trio pops up uh, in that yeah, lineage yeah. as well. All right. right. Did you? I read somewhere you were interested in veterinary medicine. Like you, you matriculated to become a veterinarian. Is that right? That's what I was planning on doing out of high school. Yeah, me too. I was a pre-veterinary major at Florida State, and then organic chemistry just kicked my ass, and I was like, okay, I'm switching, <laughs> switching majors. I, you know what? I didn't really. I don't think I, I didn't get that far. I got to. Uh, I went to a college that had a really great music department and I started taking, you know, a couple of music classes to, to, as my electives. 
And uh, within three semesters, I was taking mainly music classes. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, I started yeah. making sense. Yeah, sure. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so we talk in sociology about status set, uh, like all these different statuses someone has. Um, and they usually revolve around a master status, which is kind of like your most fundamental de- de- definition of self. So um, like, what would you say would be your master status? Like, is it a musician, a composer, uh, a Christian, an artist, uh, a person of color? You know, like how, what do you think is kind of like the main driver of your identity with all these different things you have going on? Um, I would say I am a composer. That's my, that's my, definitely what I put my, my mental energy into most. Okay. You hang your hat on that. Yeah. Um, has your work, do you, do you think, I don't know if you would call your work political, although um, your last album had more elements uh, in it of that, but have you always um, tried to engage in some discussion of contemporary society and politics in your music? I even remember 20 years ago, you covering that Curtis Mayfield song, you know, check your mind. Has that always been there or did that really kind of develop more over the last X number of years? You know what? It's been um, it's always been there, mm-hmm. and I've always been politically um, interested. I think um, you know myself. I, I've I've come from a. I feel like um, you know at sixty five, probably uh, you know around fifty, I I kind of grew out of my naive notions of uh, of uh, monotheism. Okay, and um, you know as of you know recently, I'm completely over it, but. You know, I grew up in that, and so that was, uh, you know, where my 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 uh, my ethos was based on on, you know, the teachings of Christ. And unfortunately, you know, now now I'm I'm uh, more of a um, <laughs> I'm like a John Lennonist. You know, the Jesus is all right, but but the apostles were kind of thick. <laughs> you know, yeah, John Lennonist. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I've. Uh, you know, it's been an evolution. It's very been a very interesting evolution, and it was definitely hastened by this Trump era. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that, what, what what I actually think of Christians anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's great. A segue into what I was going to ask you next. Like, how would you define what's going on right now? Like the the State of the Union, according to Carl Denson. Naive, naive, and bloodthirsty. You know, my my my. I'm right. I'm working on a song right now and it's just a kind of like a, to put a face on what we're doing to each other, you know, and it's, it's just about, we're just hungry. You know, we have to eat. Unfortunately, that's the way we were made, you know, from the amoeba to us, everything has to eat. And as a result, we're mean and we're um, pushy. And, and now we've, uh, now we've lost our, our naivete was 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 um was forgivable previous to this but now we have enough information where our naivete is become um willful ignorance hmm. you know and n- n- not so much by people you know but by our leaders you, you know like we we've got we're at a point now where our leaders need to our leaders know better and and a lot of them are still naive you know, and they think that God's up there doing stuff that you can quantify every day. And um, and that's just completely naive. When you get down to it, we're, we, we've, we've got enough science and we've figured enough things out for us to question 
you know, what we believe. And um, unfortunately, this monotheistic world that we live in, whether it's, you know, this, these guys or those guys, they, they um, put themselves into these boxes where they're not allowing their experience to inform their, their beliefs. You know, it's mm-hmm. all about your beliefs. Mm-hmm. So no matter what you experience, no matter what you see, if it doesn't agree with what you believe, then you have to ignore it. Right. And that's just plain old um, infantile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely you know? anti, anti-scientific for sure. Yeah. And just anti-human, you know, like we're, 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 we, we grow up to be adults so that we can think, you know, <laughs> and we can listen and we can make judgments on things, mm-hmm. you know, a, a great scripture about mankind um, the, the apostles were talking about people, about the church, and them um, having arguments between each other and going to the law instead of going to the, to the church leaders or going to each other and talking about it, right? And it said, don't you know that we will judge angels, that God put us higher than the angels, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So that concept is, is, is it's based on the idea that we're right there with God. We are God. You know what I mean? Like, like the, whatever God is, I believe it's consciousness, but we are conscious, mm-hmm. you know, we know what the fuck's going on. Right. So why are we allowing ourselves to do these cruel, hurtful things to each other because of some way that we've interpreted some book, yeah, you some know, dogma. some dogma kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and so we've dehumanized ourselves and other people and turn them into groups. And it's, it's, you know, it just can't work that way, but it also serves a purpose of, uh, of, of keeping the status quo in place. In terms of economics and politics and stuff, you mean? And white supremacy. Okay. Gotcha. Sure. Like white people, white people can look at all this stuff and be kind of comfortable with it. For sure. And still vote for the Republicans and, you know, can, can, um, you know, slough it off as just, you know, uh, they're everybody's messed up, you know, and they don't have to see the they don't have to see the, the cruel truth of the fact that they're really fucking up right now. Mm-hmm. And, and and when you have what happened in Buffalo last week and what happened in Texas, Texas. Yeah. yesterday, it's 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 the zombie apocalypse. That's what I call it. <laughs> the zombie except they're still alive <laughs> and they're still making as bad decisions. So they're brain dead. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing. Very weapons. I have heard you say in an interview that the left and right don't have civil dialogue; they become too tribal. So, is that what you mean by tribal? For mm-hmm. sure. I mean that that that's been going on for a long time, and now it's come to a point where I I have to and and you know this is coming from somebody who I used to be a Republican, right? Right. So I lived on the right, and I I I abided by all those. Um, all that dogma, mm-hmm. but there was no point where I thought that my way of thinking was um, enough for violence or for, or for lying and cheating, mm-hmm. you know, like there was always a, there was always a, a concept of right and wrong and truth was the main idea. Yeah. And now we've lost sight of the truth and, and therefore I'm over, people equivocating the right and the left Hmm. the right is really fucked up 
they lie to themselves and they lie to everybody else. And they don't believe that they're lying or they know they're lying and they still do it. You know, it's like, it's really, it's really bad. Like, you know, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And the, and the worst thing you can do is say that good is bad and bad is good. When you, when you know the difference, Mm -hmm. you know, and the, and the, and the right knows the difference. And then the, 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 the part of them that don't know the difference are just, you know, critically naive and not, and not being um, instructed by their by their elders or their leaders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did you we know, get they, to this spot? Because I, I wanted I don't it didn't start with Trump. You know, you you've talked about Trump in a couple of your interviews, and you know I don't have a lot of good things to say about the fellow. But this kind of tribalism, you know, it didn't start with him. He probably made it, gave it a platform, maybe, but. Has it always been there, you think, when we just didn't pay attention to it back in the day? or well, There was no need for it up until about 30 years ago because white people could do whatever they wanted to in this country to people of color and get away with it. And we were being led by this Christian ethos, which we hadn't, we hadn't come to understand in the way that we understand it now. You know, we've gone through, we've gone through this whole um, sea change of, of realizing that as rational people, we did come from apes. You know what I mean? That evolution is a real thing mm-hmm. and that we didn't just spring up out of the sand right. by God's call, call, you know, and that is really confusing for a lot of people. You know, like if you go and read a book on, um, which I have, you know, these uh, kind of apologetics, this is, this, this is my whole journey. You know, I, I started reading books on apologetics about Christianity, apologetics, about evolution, apologetics, about all these things, all these questions that we have. And I found them to be, even in my most naive state, I found them to be um, very weak, you know, very simple-minded. Okay. And very much like you had to kind of want to believe that in order to buy the logic of them, mm-hmm. you know, and um and, and, and we've come to a point now where you've got political power on one side, you know, i.e. Newt Gingrich back in the 80s, you know, on C-SPAN at night, starting the cry of these people aren't patriotic, you know, and, and, and it, was, it was based on ideology and it was based on power seeking. Mm-hmm. You know? And now we've, 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 turn that into a whole movement. There's a whole bunch of people out there that are, that are riding that same wave to our, you know, no matter what happens, you know, they're, they're as long as they get power, mm-hmm. they're, they're totally fine with it. And then there's a bunch of other people who believe that they're actually protecting something sacred, i.e. the Bible. And they, they, they can't fathom the argument that, well, why does God hate gay people? If he made, um, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like if he if, if he's up there doing stuff, and you know, and everything is perfect in his eyes, then you believe that he made these people so they could be miserable, right? Right. Trying to be like you, right? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I that's do. that's the adult information that that these people need to be able to think about. You know, mm-hmm. like there's got to be some logic to all of this, and. 
It's not that that's not logical. Yeah. Or if it's not the Bible only, it's the American way, quote unquote, that they're trying to protect or go back to whatever that means. And that brings up the race thing you said, because people that romanticize that time. Well, we're a lot. There's a lot. Things are a lot worse now. They used to be better back in the day. Well, a lot of people of color would not agree that things were better back in the day. They were better back in the day for you. You know, I remember when, when Trump started running and they were you know, um, make America great again. And they, yeah. and they, somebody did a poll on when was America great. Right. And, and, and all these freaking Republicans were like 1958. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I don't want to be living in 1958. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> right. yeah. you know, like yeah. that's, that's the naivete yeah. of, of what's going on. Like these people are completely asleep walking through the world. Mm-hmm. And now they're 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 angry that we actually want to teach real history. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. And we want everybody to know the history of the world so we can actually make it better. You know, Obama ran for president and I and won and and I thought we're gonna get to Star Trek here, you know? Like it's almost time for Star Trek. It's almost time for for me to have a blue girl or something, you know, like, like <laughs> green girls are fine anymore. You know, right, right. it was almost like that, you know, like the green girl could run for president, Yeah, you know, yeah. but no. Um, that notion of truth you brought up, um, I wanted to ask you about you've, you, a quote, I'm so distraught at the lack of right, the ability to know the truth. You know, that's the scary part when you got a guy who says things that this guy, you mean Trump says, and then young white males go out and start killing people. Um, we're not able to associate the two. We're ignoring truth. And um, I spoke a while ago to a man named Willie Vlotten, who's a musician and a novelist. And he, at the very end of his discussion, really went on about how that was scared him the most too about uh, our current times is this lack of just agreement on basic facts and things like that. So um, do you think the change that you brought up with New Ginrich, and a lot of people have talked about the um, Rush Limbaugh at that same kind of time, pushing us into this un- untruth era. Uh, do you think that is something really pretty new since Trump or is that denial of the truth been building for quite a while? It's kind of new. It's kind of, well, you know what? It goes hand in hand with the, with the, with the breakdown of the, uh, of the um, power system of the church. Okay. Like I grew up, I grew up as a Christian and, and I was, you know, you know, evangelical enough to know that, you know, our argument was if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to find out eventually because it's the truth. It's an objective truth. And when we die, we're going to find out who God is. Right. So there was always this real tethering of all of our our, 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 of, of all of our concepts and, and, and our deepest ethos to the idea of truth. So you definitely weren't just going to tell a bullface lie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the breakdown. And that's the breakdown for black people, for people of color, mm-hmm. because we're looking at the world going, 
you know, I just found out during the last election cycle that black people only make up about 16, 17% of this country. So what the hell are we going to do when um, 70 million white people decide to believe lies and be told that we need to take this country back by force? I'm the guy that's going to get shot. Mm -hmm. I'm the guy that can't freaking sneak around and act like everything's cool, you know? Just like what's going on, that that's exactly where we're headed, and we just saw it this last week. Yeah, two two shootings so, in the same week, yeah, and they're both eighteen year old kids that did the shooting. Right. You know, this is the poison that's being fed because of the lack of understanding of the lack of of being no longer tethered to normal truth. When I can just lie all day long, yeah, without consequence, yeah, mm-hmm. without consequence, yeah, yeah. And that, that's that's where we that's where we are. And, and for, for people of color, especially, it's freaking terrifying. So what do we do going forward? This is our kind of our last little section. So um, you talked about your album, uh, Gnomes and Badgers, the idea to create a little world where these beings are completely different from each other. But they manage to talk about things and have meaningful discussions about important things without becoming rude or intolerant or degrading. So I feel it's a responsibility to be heard. Now I need to had to write about it and about other things that are important to me, listening to each other and becoming more involved as people. So that sounds like a useful start, right? Productive communications imperative. But how do we get there? How do we create this, this world? And after you give me that answer and solve all of our problems, I'll ask you, what's the role of music in that? What's the role of art in, in answering that question? I think the biggest part of this for people who are, are, um, serious about it enough the the people on the left need to learn what the right believes and and stop basing their um indignation on their own on their own nobility you know i got science i know all this stuff and therefore you're a freaking idiot Mm -hmm. which even if they are idiots you're not going to show them anything by telling them they're idiots okay you got to learn what they what they what they're trying to do, because there's no way you can you can have a discussion with people on the right without understanding what their beliefs are. You know, they are tethered to their beliefs and their beliefs to, in some instances are are non-existent and non-existent and are just basically white power. Right. But in a lot of cases it's this naive Christianity that they think they're going to heaven because they hate gay people mm-hmm. or they want to stop everybody from women from being able to choose. They think that that's a noble cause. Sure. You know, I have some very intelligent friends who are still tethered to that. And, and I know just how hard it was for me to untether myself. Like, like, like evangelical Christians are like, are like Muslims, you know, I always tell my Catholic friends, you guys have it so easy because you don't spend any time as a kid really reading the Bible. <laughs> you just taught fundamentals. Yeah. So when you when it starts to not make sense to you, you you can use your own brain and your own heart mm-hmm. and figure it out. Whereas I was like, you know, I was a a, a Bible s- scholar. You know, like I could do that little that they had the I saw a test on on you online one day and it was like, you know, uh, most people 
because they call themselves Christians, don't really know the Bible. You yeah. just put test, and I did the test, and I aced it. Tore you know, it up. <laughs> it was like the simplest stuff, but most people don't know that stuff. When I go to a, when I go to an art gallery, and I can tell my kids, oh, that's the uh, that's John the Baptist with the head of uh, uh, that. That's a uh, um, 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 John the Baptist head on a, on, a, on a platter, platter and Solomon. Yeah, yeah. I can I there can. So I was do I did that I was at a at a art gallery and I was telling my kids that and some people were near me and they were like what what are you saying and they and I explained it to them and they were like oh okay you know like this is like regular stuff yeah that yeah. we should really know but because we're moving so far away from the concept of of being Christian yeah you know and these other people have moved so far in the direction of being completely blinded by these things we've we, there's this chasm and we have to start figuring out how to understand each other when i watch the talking heads on tv i'm always um flabbergasted by the fact that nobody would ever bother to say christians oh uh, interesting they say the right the they right say that they'll yeah. never call them out for, for who they are they have to be called out and go you're not going to heaven like that yeah. that's not it you know, interesting. Yeah, like, interesting. Yeah. So everybody's got to do a little bit more studying of each other, so we can actually have discussions that that will matter in the long run. Because right now, the 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 poison is being fed, and there's you know the only antidote is truth. And how do you talk to somebody who thinks they know the truth or doesn't care? Doesn't care, right? Yeah. And haven't been to Catholic school K through twelve for grade one through twelve. I, I can confirm your uh, comments about not really having to read a whole lot of the Bible. <laughs> So does uh, music have a role in in closing that that gap? Joni Mitchell said, when the world is a mess and there's no one at the helm, it's time for artists to make their mark. And Nina Simone said an artist's duty is to reflect the times. You know, what do you think? Can can your art uh, help bridge that gap or at least your platform as an artist? Would that be able to do it? Like what what is yeah, there a role? I, I definitely think so. I mean, I'm 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 definitely influenced by by the artists that i love you know um fela kuti uh-huh you know is like that's the that's my spirit animal okay and um and you know the way he talks and the way the clarity that he has about the world is um is inspiring for me mm-hmm. you know to, to just be that woke you know okay yeah it's like coffin for head of state that's the most amazing song, man, and and it's just all about the the idea that that the that the, the colonialists came over there and they brought their religion, but their religion was tainted with unfairness, and so there's there's this way of of, of looking at ourselves through this lens of of I know God 
that allows us to do terrible things to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's what we need to be talking about and, and helping each other understand. There's no justification for some of the shit that people are doing. Right. And the fact and the fact that they believe that they're being led by God is, you know, the worst part of it. And, and somehow we have to tear down those constructs of, of the idea that you can do that, that Jesus would ever do any of that, you know? Sure. sure. That's always been difficult for me to wrap my head around. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just backwards, backwards thinking. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and it's just justification for your basis instincts, you know? Yeah. Fela Kuti, I've heard he was a pretty power charged, heavy hitter, like a pretty, pretty heavy spirit animal. You got there. I, I've heard he was a pretty yeah. intense dude. <laughs> His mother was killed by the by by the by the state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like he, yeah. was, he was arrested and beaten multiple yeah. multiple times, and yeah. yeah, and kept speaking out against the government and never backed down. You know, he he's he was he was a really an amazing person. You know, on the on the Muhammad Ali kind of level. You know, yeah. of, mm-hmm. I see it, and I'm not going to shut my mouth about it. Right. Right. Okay. So we're about done. I know we're, I've taken up a lot of your time already. Uh, the lightning round, um, the things we, the, the shooting in Texas, you know, this, the frequency of these kind of shootings is a pretty American phenomenon. Do you think the, is this a separate conversation for when we do part two next year? Or do you think the reason we have these kind of shootings that you just mentioned last week, the same answers are found in what we've been talking about for the last 30 minutes, or is the shooting thing, the gun thing, kind of a different ethos? It's all tied together. Tied to, it's tied to the lie. You know, when you can tell yourself, you know, that Trump won the election, you can tell yourself that that the Mexicans are here to replace you. Right, right. You know, and the black people are, are, are you know, make up 80% of the country. Right, you know right. what I mean? It's like you can say anything to yourself once you once you start believing lies. Yeah. And now we've got, now we've got freaking... QAnon and all that nonsense, you know, oh, that is great. And they're in Congress. Like, <laughs> people that believe that shit are in Congress. I heard, I, heard a, I heard a woman at a Trump rally on say, the other day, they asked her about the, uh, about the war in Ukraine. And she goes, well, I fully support the Russians. And they, and they said, well, why do you support the Russians? She said, because Putin's over there in Ukraine, destroying the bio labs which are where the next pandemic is coming from. Wow. That's, that's what we're dealing with. Right. So it's all tied together with just the idea that there's no more fact checking. You mm-hmm. know, a friend of mine said that to his, to his, his mother or his grandmother is like, she said something to him and she, and he goes, uh, he goes, we better, we need to fact check that, you know? Yeah. And she goes, I don't like fact checking. <laughs> I can see why. Yeah. yeah editorializing. Everybody's editorializing and we're taking it as, you know, as, as re- reality, you know, or news. Yeah, do, you, yeah. do, you, do you have any of these political conversations with uh, Mick and Keith or do you blow in, blow your horn and blow out? Do you guys talk about this stuff? No, not really. You know, they'll, you know, if I'm, if, if I'm a, around enough i'll hear them kind of blow by things like this mm-hmm. um they're pretty much you know on on rolling stone island and i'm i'm sure. i'm just sweeping up you know uh, yeah yeah sure but i but you know i know they they are totally disgusted by the whole thing yeah. but once again i don't know i don't know how anybody feels in white world 
too much, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it's such a different thing, you know, sure, sure. like there's just, there's just, you know, I don't, I, I know, I know, you know, some very intense, um, I have, I have some very intense friends, you know, who are, are really angry and, and, and worked up about this, but for, for most white people, I still feel like, you know, there was that separation for me between sure. like, how, how much angst do you feel about this? You know, because I know for, from a black standpoint, we're freaking nervous as fuck. Right. 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 You know, yeah. like it's, 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 you know, and, 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 and Buffalo and Texas are, are exactly what we're talking about because what would happen if a black person did that? Oh shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. every, Every every uh, quote unquote black organization in the country would be shut down overnight. Right, right. You know, but yeah. we've got these freaking Nazis just saying whatever the fuck they want to say, and QAnon saying whatever they want to say, and there's no no consequence. No, the perfect example of the January sixth, you know, riot, the storming of the Capitol, which I'm sure you know you've heard that. And if that was a BLM group that was storming the Capitol, like you know how quick that shit would have been shut down. <laughs> That's their justification for the for January six is well, you guys were doing the same thing last summer when you were protesting George Floyd. Right, you know, right. that's that's the equivocation that we have. And that's why anytime I, I, I you know, I don't worry about people from the right, but when I hear people from the left, you know, trying to equivocate between the left and the right and and um and not supporting Biden. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. in, in general, mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, you, get your head out of your ass. These guys are freaking evil over here <laughs> and they, they're not going to play by the rules and they're going to cheat and steal and lie and, and they're going to get the whole cookie and then they're going to start killing people. You know, like my question throughout the Trump administration for my right handed friends was. Do you think Mitch McConnell would um, would attend a, um, um, public um, public executions? You know, do you think Ted Cruz and, and Lindsey Graham would um, would attend public executions? Because I know Trump would do them. I bet you they would. No question in my mind. There was some way for him to stay in power by killing a bunch of people. He would kill them. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. You know, so it's that it's that clear to me. And the fact that it's not clear to everybody else is terrifying. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, they're laughing about it, but it is it's scary as hell. It's scary. As shit. <laughs> the last one's a real easy one uh, about the blues, because I read you said that growing up, you were into the you were the jazz more than blues. And you and you said maybe 20 years ago, you started to get into the blues and whatnot. Um, did that correspond either directly or coincidentally with you moving away from some of the dogma or the church? Like, did the blues kind of bring some of that in or because it seems like hard to be a real conservative Republican who who feels the blues because they, to me, at least, you know, to me, at least they kind of seem they're separate. So did that grease the wheels for your, your move? No, I think so. Um, totally separate. No, okay. I, I always, I always took my art separately in any way. Okay. okay. So um, it was just a, a, as a composer, you know, it was one of those things where I was always, 
I've always my 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 big problem is I suffer from um from too much ambition, you oh, know, okay. and artistically. Mm-hmm. And sometimes sometimes things need to be simpler, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I tend sure. to make them more difficult. Okay, yeah. And 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 the the blues was one of those simpler things that I had made very difficult, and so it was there was a point where I realized, oh, I don't understand that because I thought it was simple. But it's not simple, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, a lot to it. Yeah, to it. Mm-hmm. It's a very high watermark in terms of human emotion, mm-hmm. you know, which I tend to be a little spocky in in my in my thinking, you know. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, the blues will will cure that, I assume. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. So, yeah, the, the date the dates just kind of seem to coincide. So I was just wondering if that was related or not. All right, man. Yeah, well, I really appreciate your time. It was really nice, really nice talking to you. Keep up the good work. Yeah, thank you very much. As I find my isolation At the water's end You've been listening to an interview with Carl Denson, and I hope you enjoyed our conversation. And if you did, please take a minute to follow, like, rate, and share the podcast in all the usual places. I thank Carl for his time, especially considering he was in a hotel in Spain getting ready for the Stones European tour. I'm sure there were a lot of other things he could have been doing, so I'm grateful. Thanks also to Lee Frank for greasing the wheels and putting us in touch. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the interview, and I'll remind you that one of the purposes of the blog is to engage in public sociology, which tries to bring academic discussions out to the streets, so to speak. So please feel free to sign up for the blog and become a member, which simply entails creating a username and password. Then you can comment after each post. And at the very least, please feel free to email me your comments, and I'll be sure to respond. I'll post a link to some of Carl's work on my page and tell you that the podcast included the songs Because of Her Beauty, Can We Trade, Can You Feel It, and Empty Soul. Finally, if you're feeling so inclined, you can push the yellow Donate button on the homepage. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at jr at oursociallandscape.com. And thanks for listening. There an echo response to a call From an empty hole Inside my empty soul